Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, the New Money Podcast, episode 53. Hope you guys are enjoying your weekend as usual. It's crazy times out right now, and I just hope that everybody listening to this is keeping safe. Really quick before we start the show, I do want to announce that this show is now sponsored by Wealth Simple, uh, and I'm honored to be partnering with them. I'm such a big fan of the platform, and I always recommend them for new and experienced investors alike. The interface and navigation are incredible. They have several products, but two of my favorite are Wealth Simple Trade and Wealth Simple Invest. Wealth Simple Trade is a commission-free platform where you can buy and trade ETFs and stocks free of charge. Wealth Simple Invest is a robo advisor where they do all the work for you. You just have to put the money in. Check out my show notes for the links to get started with either one. I really, really recommend it. Also, I want to give a shout out to Grit Labs. Do you live in the GTA area? Do you want to be more active but can't find the motivation to go alone? Or do you go but those workouts aren't as intense? Well, you need to check out Grit Labs in Burlington, Ontario. Grit Labs is a group fitness boot camp style training. The energy and intensity are nothing like I've ever experienced before and I go frequently just for that rush and that energy. Also, it's such a loving and welcoming atmosphere and it really does feel like family. I really do encourage you guys to try out Grit Labs one week free trial which can be booked at www.gritlabs.ca or it can be found in my show notes below. So today's interview is with Money With Cass who is a TikToker. I, I feel like I've had a lot of TikTokers on but there's just they're, they're amazing. I, I love <laughs> chatting with them. Uh, Cass is a nurse and she talks about her story of how um, she just kind of fell into personal finance and just fell in love with it and how she's such a big advocate for uh, self-education and, and learning these fundamental things that, you know, we didn't get taught when we were younger. Um, but we'll get more into that in just a second. So let's just dive on into it, baby. Cass, how's it going? Good, Nate. What's up? Not much. Not much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for messaging me and I'm super excited. So thank you so much for having me. Really quick, guys. Uh, Cassie, I came across her TikTok. She's just kind of taken off um, and she's a Canadian based uh, personal finance nerd like myself. <laughs> and I just I, I really, really wanted to have her on the show just to chat. So Cass, just tell us a little bit about uh, your background uh, and, you know, why what made you want to start these uh, awesome videos? Because I've seen like a lot of uh, people around her age are, are just loving it. Yeah, so I basically graduated nursing school about two years ago. So I'm actually currently a nurse, not too new anymore, I'm about a year and a half in. So I'm just kind of working part time to full time hours right now. And I just kind of picked up TikTok uh, kind of just on the side, whatever. I was kind of using the app silently for about two months, observing other creators. And then I kind of finally decided just to start posting about uh, financial education specifically, because uh, it was recently something that I started learning actually within the past maybe year now, probably year and a half at the time when I started TikTok, it was about a year into financial literacy and learning about personal finance. So I just wanted to start with that. I just had some information I kind of wanted to share. And, you know, fortunately it kind of stuck and resonated with some people. So that's kind of how it started about five months ago now. So like, what made you want to get into personal finance? Like, what was it? Was it like an inflection point? Was it something that um, you've always kind of had a like interest? Like, oh, you, have you always been good with money? What, what was that sort of like moment where you're like, ah, like, I really want to get into this? It was definitely kind of by accident. Fortunately, I've always been good at money uh, while well, saving, but 
you know, as I've learned, saving is not necessarily meaning that you're good with money as I've learned through personal finance books and everything like that. Right. But I was always pretty good at saving. I was never, never really interested in like learning business or finance, like formally, like I said, I was a nursing student. So I was always like a bio nerd and like anatomy and physiology. That was kind of my interest for most of my like teenage years and early, like early high school years and adulthood and university life. But then I kind of picked up, uh, basically I have a younger brother who's 20 years old, right? I'm 24, he's 20. And so he had, uh, when we turned, when I turned 23 years old, he kind of just brought rich dad, poor dad home, which is a kind of like the gateway drug of like personal finance for a lot of people. Yeah. At least it was for me, right? <laughs> and so he kind of brought that book home, which is kind of lying around. He just kind of said um, to me and my other brother too, if you guys want to check it out, like read it, whatever, if you want. And so it was kind of just sitting on the shelf for a few weeks. And then I kind of decided, okay, okay, like, let me see what this book is about. It's like a cute little purple book. It's like not too bad. It's not too long to read. So I just thought, whatever, like, let me try it. And then, um, oh my gosh, what a, I don't mean to be dramatic, but what like the mindset changing book, I was like, oh my God, passive income. I don't have to trade my life for money forever. There's a way to make money that doesn't involve like working eight hours and then getting paid for my time. Like what is this exciting concept that I never learned or that was never taught in school, right? right. And so that was, like I said, the gateway drug into personal finance books for me and in general, the topic in general. And then um, after that, I just picked up some other books like Latte Factor by David Bach was another book that I loved. And then it was Unshakable by Tony Robbins that really like kind of changed my life a bit, a bit like being dramatic now, but it no, really changed all. my mindset because yeah. it was so life-changing, this book. It was like these yeah. concepts I never learned before. And so I quickly realized like, oh my God, this is something I really have to learn more about because money is such a central factor of everyone's life, yet it's so odd that they don't teach it in school. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought to myself, oh my God, I have to learn this myself because I want to be able to sustain myself one day and not have to rely on people. And like, I just want to be okay one day and not yeah. have to worry about money and not have to work forever. Like, is that so much to ask? Like, I feel like a lot of people want that. And so after that, it was just listening to podcasts, uh, other fi personal finance books, even though those were like my three main ones, I really built up my confidence before I started investing specifically. Mm -hmm. And so uh, YouTube videos, podcasts, those books, I just delve in. And so it was about probably six months of like reading and like really diving into this world of personal finance I never knew even existed before. And to point out that I never knew I would actually be able to understand as like this biology nerd. And so it was so interesting. I just delved right in. And then ever since, like, I've never looked back. It's been one of the most life-changing things I've ever learned about personal finance. So, yeah. It's insane. And you know what? I mean, again, I have a ton of bias, but for me, like, yeah, it's it's absolutely a drug. Like, I would definitely consider, I would, use, that's a great, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's a drug, but like, it, it's it's addicting. Once, once a good drug, once you, once you literally understand, um, how powerful this stuff is and how it's like it's like how does not everybody know this you know what i mean it, and, it, and it's like it, it's it's such valuable stuff um so you know you, you're kind of going through you start investing um really quick like i mean like how what like how did you start investing like what what, what is your investment philosophy like what do, you, what do you think about that i mean some listeners might be kind of at the stage where they're like okay you know i mean if they're listening to this podcast they're probably somewhat interested in money so uh how did you kind of just like uh make the jump and just start uh investing 
So for me personally, I fortunately didn't really start with like day trading. I feel like a lot of people start with day trading. My brother who introduced Rich Dad Poor Dad, the book to me actually started with day trading too. And he lost like some money there. So fortunately I learned from those mistakes and I kind of quickly realized that index funds were more appropriate, at least for me. And I think in general, a lot of personal finance gurus and like not even gurus, like legit investors like Warren Buffett, for example, lives by like index fund investing, like passive index fund investing, low maintenance, low fee. Uh, diverse, right? And so I definitely knew index funds where I wanted to start. And so obviously I started with the S&P because I feel like that's like the most basic index fund out there, but basic in, in a really good way and that it's really reliable. And a lot of personal finance experts and, you know, Warren Buffett, like I said before, John Bogle, like they recommend the S&P so from, from, and index funds in general. So I think I really latched onto that advice because I knew it was valuable advice. And so for me, I started with index funds. Occasionally, I buy some individual stocks just because it's a little bit more exciting and kind of fun. But uh, overall, I started with index funds first. And that's kind of where I would say like the majority, like 8% of my portfolio is currently. And so um, I would definitely recommend anyone who wants to get started, learn about index funds, do some Googling, read some personal finance books, maybe skip the day trading, losing thousands of dollars phase unless you want to have that experience and get it out of your system. But for me, I kind of want to bypass that. And so I've been doing index funds. I, I think I plan to do it for a long term uh, in the future and continue doing it. And so that's kind of how I started. I love index funds and long term investing. I'm yeah. all about the long-term. I'm not about these like short, high-risk gambling things. I'm all about the long-term, even though it's super boring, but that's where I, that's what I'm about. <laughs> that's the thing. And, you know, it's it's really interesting uh, that you say that because, you know, the stock market in, in you know, in, in, in media is, is portrayed as like Wolf on Wall Street. It's portrayed as day trading, um, you know, uh, just kind of craziness. People going, making millions overnight, uh, IPOs, you know, just insane stuff, right? Like just this like dopamine rich place where it's just it's bananas when really um you know when you talk about like index fund investing it's it's absolutely boring because you're it's supposed to be right and it, and there's that long-term perspective so um you know when i was watching some of your videos i noticed that in the comments a lot of people even when they realized the effect of compounding even when they realized um that you can actually create wealth uh, in the stock market over the time like they say oh well uh I, I want to live now, you know, I want to enjoy my life now, um, you know, so what, what's your sort of like, um, I guess, response to when people say, well, well I don't want to be rich in 20, 30 years, I want to be rich now. Like, what do you say to that? You know, I really think that you can do both. I really feel like it's a balance. I feel like something investing like $10 a day, I feel like that's not going to affect your lifestyle that dramatically that you're going to be like miserable and like penny pinching, like all your twenties and thirties. I think that there's a balance. And I think people take it to that extreme and think that if they think about retirement now, it's like you're wasting away your twenties and your youth, but you can do both. And I don't think people realize that. And also like, I don't think young people especially realize that we're going to age and we're going to be like 60 year olds one day. And it sucks to think about it, but that's such a, like we're going to age. Like we can't reverse that right now unless Elon Musk comes up with something weird and some anti-aging thing, or we can transplant our brains or something weird that he's cooking up whenever. But Mm. other than that, it's like, we're going to age, accept that. That's what happened. That's what, that's what like the mindset that works for me, except that I'm going to age and I want to be okay. I don't want to be living in poverty when I'm in my 50s, 60s, 70s, like so many Canadians are, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's boring. And yeah, no 20 year old wants to think about retirement, but it's like, sometimes you have to think about the reality 
And like I said before, you know, investing a couple dollars a day or saving and then investing that in a year or quarterly, whatever you choose to do, mm-hmm. it's not going to impact your lifestyle as dramatically as you think. And so I would challenge people to try saving up a little bit and just to see for themselves that like they won't be miserable and like staying in all the time. They won't ever be able to buy stuff like you can do it in like you can pace yourself. Right. And so I feel like people usually say that because they're not financially educated yet. And it doesn't mean they're not smart or intelligent. It just means that they just don't have the knowledge. They just haven't been exposed to this different mindset yet. And so I would just really challenge those people to kind of do some research yourself and kind of debunk this like misconception that comes with budgeting or investing, right? Absolutely. And I, you know, I I, I talked about that uh, the other day. It's like, you do not have to deprive yourself beyond belief just to be good with money or to budget or to create wealth. Like it's not this like, black and white trade-off where it's like you either live a terrible life and put away your money or you live extravagantly and and you blow it all like hey there's actually you can live well and you know build wealth and um like you said getting 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 the right information out there is 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 such a such a big uh big thing because it's just we need to get out of this black and white uh sort of mindset with that like you can definitely do both so um and another thing that you said that it resonates with me is when you when you you're saying when you grow up you want to be okay you just want to be okay and like i'm the same way like i feel like for me i just want to take care of my family i want to take care of my my, my parents and like it, it's just financial security so um is was is that something that maybe because for me that was something that my mom instilled in me in terms of creating financial security is that do your parents have an influence on your investing sort of uh, aspirations or anything like that or, or kind of kind of walk me through that did it come from a young age or I would say investing, no. I would actually say that my dad specifically, we kind of live in a more traditional household where like my dad deals with more than the money with my mom. And I feel like a lot of people can probably resonate with that. And so investing, actually, we never talked about. Um, I guess my dad was not too like educated about investing at the time. He did mutual funds, which I hate because they're high fees, et cetera, which a lot of people probably do, right? Um, but I would say investing is what I learned on my own, but I would say like frugality, living below your means, that's definitely something that my family has done since the beginning. Like we're, we're okay. We live in a middle-class house, like nothing fancy. Uh, we've always been pretty comfortable. I've been really lucky and grateful that I've never had to worry about money because my family has been okay. My parents have good jobs, stable incomes, et cetera. So I would say investing is what I learned on my own, but I think frugality and living below your means again, um, that's, that's what I've been surrounded with my whole life. We've never been like super luxurious people. Mm. Um, we're not about like designer clothes and everything. We're just like, you know what? get your job done. We're cool with that. Mm. Like with regard to like products and clothing and stuff like that. And so I think the frugality and just like, you know, I think we, I think my parents understand they instilled in us that like, you don't have to get value from like luxury. Mm. What matters most is that you have your health, you have your friends and your family, and that's what matters most. And so they've really instilled those values. And so um, with that came like really important uh, saving mentalities, you know, saving your money, don't spend it like so irresponsibly. And I think that's really rubbed off on me and my siblings because we're all kind of the same way and we're all quite responsible with money, thank goodness, in that way. So I think that with regard to how I was raised, probably more like the frugality and the saving for sure. So I'm really grateful for that, for growing up in that household, for sure. Yeah, and you know it's 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 a blessing, and I'm and I'm really happy to hear that. Um, you know, some people who maybe money wasn't the topic of discussion, they just uh, their environment was conducive to good habits and good principles. So, um, I mean, 
when you come across people on TikTok or wherever it is that, um, you know, maybe lived in a different environment or maybe, um, you know, are saying, hey, like, uh, you know, my parents were bad with money or I, I've never been around people that are good with money. And they they really and we, you talk about mindset like they really can't comprehend that, like you can actually, you know, be a, the millionaire next door kind of thing where you're just literally like living below your means and you could build wealth. So um, have you had that experience where you've not convinced somebody, but like kind of change their mind a little bit and, and help them kind of see, see that sort of, uh, see those sort of principles. You know, luckily a lot of my TikTok comments and DMS have been very positive and very open-minded. It's usually people who are willing to accept this new mindset or this new way of thinking or this new information. Um, so I would say in general, it's been more positive. I haven't really had a lot of closed minded people and it's okay if you're closed minded at first, as long as you're like, if you, if I can like wince your door open a little bit and allow you to like get anything in like that's kind of my goal but I think overall it's been usually people who are open-minded but to those people who are closed-minded I think I would just challenge them to like challenge their way of thinking and challenge their values or kind of how, what they've been taught about money like how I have you know my, I grew up in a very like kind of frugal household but even I had to challenge myself like things about like okay, are rich people evil? Does it, if, does it make you a bad person if you want to make more money? So I feel like you really have to be open-minded. And like, like I said before, a lot of people who comment on my videos are open-minded and they're coming to my page ready to learn, which is great. And I'm, I will so happily like respond to comments and DMs, which I try to do a lot. Um, but I think people who are closed-minded, I haven't interacted with a lot so far, but I think if I were to, I would just really challenge them to just be open-minded because nothing's going to get through to you if you're closed-minded. And like when you're open-minded, you learn so much new things, you learn new ideas. And isn't that what life is about, like learning and improving? And why would you not want to improve like your personal finance situation, right? And so I would just challenge people to be more open-minded and being like more receptive and ready to like get new ideas. You know what I mean? I like TikTok. I, I'm just getting started, but that's why I really like TikTok because um, there are people so on Instagram, a lot of the people are kind of you kind of self-select self-select themselves into your content, right? They follow you. It's it's. I mean, TikTok has followers, but like the for you page is not the discovery page doesn't really compare. Like for like the discoverability on on TikTok is like it's the best in the world, in, in my so opinion. much easier. <laughs> exactly. So when somebody's looking at your stuff on Instagram, they already have you know somewhat of a an idea or an expertise or open mindedness. TikTok. I find that like I'll come across people that have never seen this before, like ever, like in their life. And and they're kind of just they're either bewildered or they're confused or the whatever. And I think it's 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 been the most fascinating thing for me is is to just just talk with them. And like for me, especially to not be like, you're wrong and this, that you like, I have to have a very, very open mind and take whatever uh, comes and, and kind of say, Hey, like, you know, like, have you thought about this? Like have that sort of like growth mindset, have that like learning mindset. Um, so, you know, with your content, uh, do you, do you have a specific vision in mind or are you kind of uh, just seeing how it goes along and you're just trying to get out the good stuff and, and where you end up, you end up and you're just kind of going uh, like, what, what, what's their sort of, um, uh, I guess, strategy around that, or if there is one. Yeah, I would say, well, on like a more narrow perspective of trying to get more views and like, I try to do, I try to make posts that I think everyone's, 
everyone's goals to kind of go viral. And I've been really super lucky and grateful to go viral a few times. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of always the goal because it attracts new people. And, you know, I want to spread more financial literacy and knowledge around. So that's obviously the goal. Um, But I think in general, like, when it really boils down to it, I just want to share with what I know, because I, what, what I've come to understand is that even though it was relatively easy to learn and I say easy, it doesn't mean it was like super easy, but like it's doable is what I'm trying to say. Like I was able to learn this stuff in six months and I really wish that more people had the confidence in themselves to, to believe that they were, that they're able to learn it too. And so obviously I want, I would love to be able to reach as much people as I can. And so that's the goal. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of just going with it for now. It's been about five months. Um, I'm thinking like, is there anything else I can do? Like within this, like financial literacy space or financial education? Like, can I really push, like, I'm kind of toying with the idea of like maybe doing a blog or something for like more, uh, in-depth discussions, like that ones that were you and I are having now, I can't exactly have this on TikTok with people. Right. And so I'm thinking like maybe a blog in the future, I don't know, but, um, I would love to just be able to share the knowledge that I've learned and more importantly, to show people that it's so empowering to learn this stuff. And yes, it is doable. And like, if some random nurse can do it, like anyone can do it. Like I was never in finance or I never went to business school, but if you just pick up a book, I think so much people would be amazed of what they can learn. And so I just want to like empower people. I just want to show people that it's doable, that they don't have to like be in this rat race, like going around, spinning around this wheel that never ends. That is like kind of like work life, like the nine to five stereotypical life. And so I would love to show people that there's just a way out and there's just more options that you have and that like you can be financially free. That's really what it comes down to. For sure. So do you have uh, aspirations for for FIRE, uh, financial independence, retire early? A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Take me through it. Like what's, I mean, you know, take, take the limitations off. Like what? What's your ideal? And first of all, ex- maybe explain fire for, for people that have na- maybe never heard that term before. And then um, like what what you're planning to do or, or what do you ideally like to do uh, with that sort of concept? Fire basically means that you don't want to live this typical retire at 65 years old, do this job that you hate for whatever, 45 years and like only have like the last decade of your life to live your life. Fire, mm-hmm. fire to me represents like freedom and I think so many people want that, but they don't know how to achieve it. Or they were told that it's not a thing that's in their reach, that they have to do this nine to five thing, barely scrape by until they're 65, then have a pension and then able they're able to enjoy their life. You know, and the reality is like a lot of people want to enjoy their life while they have their health. And, you know, at 70 years old, you're not really going to have your health as good as you are when you're younger. Right. And so to me, fire just means like, I don't want to be doing something or working or trading my time for money until I'm older. Like I want to be able to have the freedom to do things that I want to do now, to spend time with people that I care about now and to just not be anxious about money. Like, like I said before, like I invest, I don't want to buy this like Lambo or anything. Like people want to get rich because they want to buy like these luxurious things and that's okay. That's their thing. That's not my style. I just want to be okay. And I want to be okay in like maybe my forties, maybe my fifties, maybe even younger thirties is like kind of pushing it. But some people do like get fire, like retire early in their thirties. That would be awesome. But in general, like, I just want to have, like, I want to enjoy my life when I'm in my prime. And I think a lot of people want that. And like I said before, they don't think it's a possibility, but it is. And so to me, 
I just want to take any steps that I can now. And maybe I'll make some small sacrifices now when I'm in my twenties. And like I said before, every young person doesn't want to talk about it, but we're going to age. We're going to be like, you know, people make fun of boomers and stuff, but we're going to be like that in a few decades. Right. And we're going to be the ones being made fun of on social media and everything. So the tables are going to turn one day, but yeah, I just want to be okay. And I just want to have freedom to do stuff that I want to do earlier in life. And I don't want to be miserable. And I think a lot of people and maybe um, our parents or the generations before, unfortunately, were in a position where they had to sacrifice like their mental health or their enjoyment because they had to like grind and do this like nine to five thing and factory work and everything. That's, that's what my grandparents did at least when they came, when they immigrated to Canada. And so I feel like we live in such a more convenient world and investing, for example, is so much easier than it was even a few decades ago. Like index funds weren't even around until like John Bogle invented them in like the sixties. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like investing is so much more accessible. Oh, education is so much more accessible. Let's not forget that. Like YouTube, podcast, TikTok, Instagram. And I just feel like I want to use every tool that I have to be able to create a life that's more enjoyable than my generations than generations before and I don't think it means that people who want that vision I don't think it means that we don't want to work hard I think we just want to work smarter and we want to enjoy our life and I don't think that makes us lazy and I think a lot of people roast like millennials or gen z because we're lazy because we have this this vision of life that we actually like want to enjoy and I think it's a privilege that we get the opportunity to do that and so I just want to I just want to take advantage of that and I don't think people should be ashamed or ashamed to, that they want that they want that for themselves, right? So that's why I do it. I just want to be okay, and I just want to enjoy my life while I'm still healthy and have my health and have my family around me because my family is not going to be around forever either. This is another reality we have to accept. And so I just want to spend time with people that I love and do things that I enjoy and not be miserable. And I don't think that's a that's such a low bar sometimes, but I don't I don't feel like it's bad that like that I want to do that, right? So that's what fire means to me. Right. I just want to live my life and and be happy and be free, right? And right. I think that's what it means for a lot of people. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, everybody has their different definition of of what they would like to do and I mean, uh, you know, what's I guess my next question my you know, Let's say you've got four or five million in the bank and you can just, you know, take out 4% and just live off that. Um, what would you do with your time? I'm just curious. Uh, you know, you don't have to have an answer, but I always just like to ask people like, because for me, I think, um, I don't even know what, it, what the answer for me would be. Uh, sometimes I think I'd love to be doing what I'm doing right now, just podcasting and, and talking to cool people and and, and sharing uh, good messages. That's that's all it seems like right now. But who knows what I'll want, you know, down the line. But I guess tell me tell me about uh, you know what you do with your time. Like, what's your what are your passions in that? Yeah, you know, I think I think it's okay to just say like I think my I think my interests will change. I think yeah. my spending priorities will change. Like if you if you told me like four years ago that I would have been making like financial literacy videos, like I would have been like, who's that girl? Like that girl's not me. Like what are you talking about? And so I think you know I've got to be open minded. I don't know where my interests are going to lead me, but. I think in general, coming from a nursing background, I did a lot of like global health and I've learned about global health and I've had a global health class. And so I would really personally, I would really love to like be able to do something like give 20% of my income to like philanthropic causes I really believe are effective. And so I would really like to do that hopefully one day. Um, and I think also um, 
I don't know, maybe I'll do something with financial literacy. I'll see where this kind of path takes me. I think, um, I think a lot of healthcare workers could also relate, but it's not talked about. Nursing is a really demanding career physically, emotionally, mentally, and I don't want to do it forever. And I think a lot of people in healthcare don't want to do it forever and like burnout for nurses. And I'm sure for doctors too is like quite high. I know for nurses, it's quite high. And, um, you know, I don't see myself doing nursing forever. And I think, uh, you know, it's not, I think nursing is not something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I'm doing right now, but I think a lot of people and why I personally like to invest is because I want to be doing, I don't want to be doing something that I'm not passionate about forever for decades. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I can see myself doing teaching people something in some way right now with financial literacy. Like I said, I'll see where this kind of takes me. I'm kind of thinking about it where I can take this. Cause I, I do have, I'm really grateful to have a solid following on TikTok right now. And I think a lot of people want to hear kind of what I have to say. I'm hoping that's true. And so I kind of want to see, hopefully I'm doing something similar to, uh, cause I've seen a lot of, I know you saw, you interview a bunch of uh, personal, like financial literate, uh, people who talk about financial literacy on your uh, podcast. And so I'm kind of flirting with the idea, like maybe I can do that. And so maybe yeah. I'll see myself doing that. Um, I'm always open-minded. And if anything, investing has taught me that I'm able to learn new things and do new things. It's really built up confidence in me. So maybe one day I'll see myself doing something in the financial, in the personal finance space. I'm not too sure, but yeah. I think in general, like yeah. uh, I've always been one to like prioritize relationships, family, friends, uh, you know, we're all going to age. My brothers are going to have kids probably, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I just want to be spending time with my family traveling yeah. maybe. So yeah. we'll see where the next decades take me. It's kind of hard to predict right now, but I just don't want to be doing something that I don't want to do forever. Yeah, exactly. So this is a total random question is financial literacy. Any, like do nurses talk like are nurses good with money in, in general? Like are, are doctors, like, I mean, like, uh, kind of walk me through that world. Are you kind of on an island of, of you know, being a fina- financially, um, you know, really into finances or are like other, like what's the talk at work? Do you guys talk about it at all? I'm just so curious. Short answer, no, I've never talked. This is why I love, I'm such a nerd and I love talking about financial literacy and I had to get it out in the form of TikTok because no one in my circle really talks about financial literacy or investing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm so grateful to TikTok because I'm such a nerd and I can like get it out in that way and other people find that content valuable. So it's a win-win. But the thing with nursing is that we're in a pretty privileged position, especially now during the pandemic, we're in a pandemic proof career. And so I'm really grateful to be earning income when I so when I know so much people are struggling, which sucks. But nurses fortunately are in a really good position where we are essential workers. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and nursing is also one of those careers where you, you're pretty much guaranteed a job after like a year after you graduate. And so, but if anything, and I'm sure you're very much aware of this, just because you make money, it doesn't mean you're good with money. You have doctors or other, or lawyers or anyone, right. Who makes it like a larger amount of uh, income, but if you're spending 80% of it, it doesn't mean you're good with money. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know really what the kind of financial literacy level is in like healthcare (laughs) or nurses. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it so far, but I think, um, you know, like I said before, like healthcare is one of those careers that's relatively stable. It's pandemic proof. I would hope that a lot of people would be financial financial literate, but like I said before, it doesn't even matter how much money you make because if you spend eighty percent of it, you're not you're not 
wealthy, right? Like you're not making any money. Exactly. You're barely saving any. And so I don't really know where the healthcare uh population kind of stands. I know I'm super grateful to be making an income and I was super lucky and that like financial literacy kind of stuck with me. So I would hope that the same would be for other people, but I'm not too sure. I don't hear any nurses talking about it though. Interesting. You know, I, I, the reason I bring that up, I think I saw uh, like a study or something and I, I saw that like nurses and I could be completely wrong. I could just be misremembering this, but they, the study said that like nurses do quite well. Like they, they take advantage of, yeah, they do. They take advantage of, um, compared to other professions, they take more advantage of their, uh, like employer matching. If they have like a, like a pension fund or something like that, um, they're, they're just more financially stable. And I think it compared it to doctors and there's a lot of, um, broke doctors out there living very lavishly. Um, again, I, this is not, this is not founded on, like, I can't cite where I saw this. So I'm not even, I'm going to, I'm kind of putting myself out there with, with nothing to show for it. But you know, it's, it's very interesting. And, and that's one thing that I'm kind of interested in is just kind of seeing like, I, I'm just, I, I love learning about different professions and what the sort of trends are with money. I mean, you look at the macro trends, you always see um, you know, like the general population is terrible with money, you know, then 80% of Americans or Canadians don't have a thousand bucks in their emergency fund or stuff like that. But I think, I think, I think it's really interesting to, to, to see the different professions and the different groups of people and the different, like just to kind of figuring out and trying to get to the root cause of like, like what, what is it that makes somebody good with money versus not on a, on a mass scale. Right. So, uh, this is kind of a bigger question, but what like where do you think we're going with financial literacy do you think it's going to stay this thing that's um kind of like taboo to talk about money in general you know not really um general knowledge at all it's not general knowledge at all do you think it's kind of trending in a good direction or do you think it's still really small and and you don't know like uh, kind of take me through what your i guess predictions are yeah, I'm not sure like factually. I don't th- I don't know if there's been any like legit studies to kind of back up my opinion, but my opinion at least is that I think personally from what I've seen from social media and TikTok specifically, I think that there's a need, like there's a want out there. There's a want to learn this. And I think um, social media makes it super accessible for people to be exposed by new ideas and new content and new information. And I think the internet in general has been a total game changer. Like even like the effectiveness of school, like traditional school has been totally put up in the air because it's like, is school really necessary? Cause you can learn anything that you want from some books and some podcasts and YouTube videos. Like, so I think the internet has totally changed the game. I would hope that younger people or just users in general would like, that people would just use the internet for maybe less for entertainment and more for education. I think that's key too, because you know, the internet has changed the game, but it really depends on like what you consume, how you consume it. If you're watching like mindless entertainment, which you know what, in moderation, Hey, I watch trashy reality TV too. That's totally fine. (laughs) But I think in what, you know, everything in moderation, right? Like, I think also like you got to sprinkle in some, some education in there too, like some stuff that's actually going to improve your life and add value to your life. And I think uh, there's nothing more important than becoming financially literate. And I'm hoping that the internet is going to be a game changer for that. I'm hoping, you know, apps like TikTok and other creators, like putting out this, this information is going to help people just even like ignite, like 
spark some curiosity and then allow them to further um, research themselves. So I would hope that it would trend upward like financial literacy, but I guess we will have to see because the internet is quite young. So I don't know, some people have to run some studies in a few decades to see, to really assess it. What are some of the more key things that you say to your audience, at, you know, at, to young adults, what are some of the first steps, um, baby steps? Um, what do you suggest for us to thrive? Obviously, we talked about investing. Kind of walk me through maybe um, the the initial things that you would say to to you know a young twenty uh, something. I would say that you first. I think before you ever invest or open any account, this is this is what I did personally. I think you really have to make sure that like your mindset is in a good place. Like this is coming from someone who personally, I used to think. I think I mentioned it before. Like I genuinely used to think that making money and wanting to make more money made you a bad person. Like I remember having a vivid, like vividly, I remember having a conversation with my friend saying like, "Okay, I'll make fifty thousand dollars a year," and like that's okay. I don't need any more money after that. And like, I could not disagree more with that because like, and I genuinely thought that way because I really did think that if you want to make more money that made you bad and that rich people were evil. And I genuinely thought that. And so, and I get that sometimes when I have a video go viral and you is exposed to so much people, I get people who have that same mindset. And it's so easy for me to empathize with that because I used to think that, and I know why they're thinking that. And so I think the first thing you have to do is that you just have to be ready to hear things that you might not like at first and that you might not, you might not, yeah, you will disagree with at first. You might not agree with at first, but like I said before, I think you really have to have an open mind and you know, the first thing I would recommend is like picking up a personal finance book. Like for me, it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I said was like the great, the gateway drug into like personal finance for me. And I think it is for so much people, right? It's a, it's like a bestseller for a reason. And so I think the first thing that you have to do is pick up that book. And even that book, I still had quite a closed like not healthy wealth mindset, but that book actually like opened the door in my mind for me and allowed me to like accept different ideas. And so the first thing I would recommend is that I have a lot of DMs of people like asking me like kind of more basic investing questions. And I always recommend them to like, before they open an account or play with investing, even if it was something more safe, like index funds, I think people have to self-educate and make sure that like their mind is primed to be a successful investor. So I would just recommend picking up some great books. I did Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Latte Factor, and then Unshakable. Those were like the three books that I really use that built my confidence. So I think in general is just self-education with some books and just being open to new ideas and new information. That was super key for me before I started. Uh, that's an amazing answer. So last question here, Cass, you've been amazing. Um, what's the one thing that sets successful people or successful people with money or successful people in general uh, apart uh, from people who aren't? You know, I think it really, I've listened to so many podcasts because I'm like such a success nerd and I love listening to what people did to, to get to where they are today, to get to where like a life that they're happy and proud of and like wake up every day fulfilled. And I think for them, it really comes like from like going away from the crowd, um, realizing that just because people around you are doing something, it doesn't mean that it's the right path for you. And it doesn't mean it's right in general. And I think also having confidence in yourself that you're able to learn new things. Like if you would have told me that some person like myself who got like a 36% in like grade 11 math academic would be like learning about investing, I would have been like, you're crazy. But I think you have to have confidence in yourself that you're able to learn new things because once you're able to learn new things, like that's, that was a game changer. And I think that's a game changer. It was a game changer for me in the personal finance 
topic. And I think that's, that's true with so much other successful people from what I've learned from listening to them and reading about them is that they have confidence in themselves and they're, they're confident and they build that confidence. And then they're able to venture out and do their own thing, no matter what people are saying, if, if they have negative remarks about you, I think you really have to be confident in yourself. Uh, you have to be confident in your decisions and you have to, have to be confident in what you're doing. And you also have to be confident that you're able to learn new things, right? Because life is about learning, in my opinion. And I think that uh, people who are continuously learning and are able to apply what they learn, I think that they're, they've been successful so far. And so I think that that mindset is just so important for anyone in general. I couldn't agree more. I think I think having that growth mindset um, and and. And again, that open mindedness that you, you've been speaking about, I, I totally agree. That's such a big factor uh, to success uh, with money and, and just in life in general. But Cass, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I really uh, love chatting with you and um, you're welcome to come back every time. I'll probably bug you to come back. I think I'm literally I think most of my guests I'm, I'm just bringing back uh, because I always say, hey, come back, come back. And, and uh, now uh, I just want to. Like I, I always find that like I could talk for two, three, four, five hours on this thing. So I'll have to have you back on. I would be happy to come back. Thank you so much, Nate. It was so fun. So there you have it, guys. I love Cass's energy and it was really cool to just chat with her. She is, I'd, I'd say she's just as if not more passionate about this shit than I am. So it was just like amazing to chat with her. Again, guys, go check out those Wealth Simple links in the show notes. I really am such a big believer in them and, and so happy uh, to be partnering with them moving forward. Uh, thank you guys so much for everything uh, that you guys do, listening and supporting and giving feedback. Message me uh, with any questions, if anything came up today or ever. Uh, with personal finance i'm always always available uh but yeah that's it for this show so thank you so much and i hope to see you in the next one but for now i am out this mother peace